there are movies out there that hit multiple genres. Not too many, but a few like Love and Action, Rocky, Space Opera, Love Story, Empire Strikes Back, Redemption, and Holiday, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. But then you have some movies that hit multiple genres all wrapped up in one. Love Story, Redemption, Action, Holiday Theme. We are talking about Die Hard. With a Rotten Tomato score still, to this day, 94% by the critics and 94% by the audience. yippee ki mother... <laughs> Welcome back to Tales of New Bros. My name is Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoiler alert. I saw it in the theaters when it first originally came out. You were four years old, I think. Yeah. You didn't get a chance to see it, but you went to the theater recently to see it. Just to be official for everybody listening, like I've seen the movie, but to be well, honest, I've never seen it in its entirety. Like I would see it on TV when it would come in, come on, and- like I missed the very beginning portions. I always got the action scene. So you missed the tr- you missed a flight, the airport. What started the whole action? Like the whole invading the the building and all that part. How did you miss that? I don't know. We watched it here. I've watched it at your house. How did you miss the beginning part? What were you doing? Taking a shit? Maybe. <laughs> I I don't remember the, the those other parts, but like. I they were playing it in my theater down the street from me, and I said I told you I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go watch it in theater, and you're like, again, I'm like, no, I've never seen it in theater. I'm happy I did. I'm happy Mm -hmm. I went to see it in theater. A they put it in one of the smallest theaters. I'm like, fine, that's okay. But I was the only one in the theater. Oh, that's awesome. I had the entire theater to myself. Well, you saw it like during work hours. It was like three fifteen. So theater experience. It's worth seeing. Yes, you can tell the quality of the film because it's a 1988 film, so some of it is a oh, little greeny. So that was my question for you. They didn't. They didn't do anything new to it. They didn't like remaster it. It still looked grainy in some scenes. Yeah, oh, it didn't feel okay. like it was fully remastered, or because I mean, you can get Die Hard <clears throat> like up to 1080p. Maybe I don't know. Maybe 4K. I own it on 4K, and so oh, okay. but it so, still yeah. has that. That it still has touch. that. Yeah. Now let's go over real quick before we get into the meat of it. This is written by Roderick Thorpe, Jeb Stewart, and Stephen E. De Souza. Directed by the great John McTiernan. This guy was on a roll back then. Then he just, I think he got in some legal troubles. But my God, he directed this. He directed Predator. I mean, he did films all the way up until 2003, essentially, directed. No, I know. He did Basic, Rollerball, The 13th Warrior, which was good, but not so good. The The Thomas Crown Affair. That's a real good one, even though right here it has a little score. Oh, I didn't know he did Die Harder with a Vengeance. Mm-hmm. That's the third one, which is like Going the Christopher circle. Nolan. Well, yeah, it's a full circle, just kind of like Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. The third one is a full circle to the first one. Mm-hmm. The Last Action Hero. He did Medicine Man, which I thought was really good. He did The Hunt for Red October. Classic. Yes. You have starring here, making his international film action genre. That's true. He, he didn't do action films prior to this. He was doing right. comedies, uh, romance. He was doing Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd, but he did some small roles too on film. But this was the movie that launched him as a action star. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And I think this is his first like main starring role. 
He was like other films that he did were like co-stars or extra or uncredited roles. Bonnie Bedelia yeah. playing the wife, Holly Gennaro McLean, Reginald then Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell, and always who's you have two guys here to tell you the truth. You have two guys here who are awesome of playing dick characters or a-hole oh. characters. You have Paul Gleason as Dwayne T. Robinson. Yeah. He was the deputy chief. And you have William Arthington. He is in Ghostbusters. He was Thornburg, the reporter. Yep. Those two guys, when you want, if you want a person who, wants, who you want to be as a dick, They're you get those guys. Mm. Those two. You have here also Devereaux White. He was Argyle, which... I forgot about Argyle. Yeah, but he, he has a small role, but... He, he has like two upper lips when he smiles. <laughs> did you notice that when he smiles, like another like another lip shows up? I, I mean, you know, that, that it never is what comes it is, to but, mind, but I see what you mean. And then you have Hart Botchner, who played Ellis, the guy, the the office love interest for Bonnie or Holly. He wasn't Holly. necessarily a love interest; more like well, the, he want he wanted to get in her pants. Yeah, he he was definitely the the office harasser. Right. The HR guy was, that you know is always going to be called. But he was also in Mom's favorite soap opera, Guiding Light. Guiding Light? I yes. believe it. He was in there before he, he got here. You also have here James Chiquetta, who's Takagi. And you have the movie debut of late Alan Rickman. This was his first major movie role. He was a stage actor. He did some television spots in britain or england but as a movie this was his first one and he knocked out of the park he played an amazing villain he is like of the top 10 of all film villains very iconic like everybody remembers this role yes uh you also have alexander gudanov he was carl he's he was a professional ballet dancer which makes no sense in his display of action translating the fact that he couldn't fight Yes, for a ballet dancer who where you're supposed to know how to move your body in an extraordinary way, fantastical way, his martial arts skills displayed for here was very basic. But they yeah, but I I think that's also has to do with the fight choreography. I, I mean No, I understand. No one but really he, went over we're gonna have you be a martial artist. But come on, dude. His kicks, the, that that chop the jump onto the <laughs> the pile of pipes. God. Yes. The, the way he gets kicked in the face. Anyway, Clarence Gillard Jr., he played Theo. He was the the tech geek. Yeah. He passed away, unfortunately, but he was also in Walker, Texas Ranger. There's other guys, too. Al oh, Long. Al Long, yes. The, the infamous Asian thug. There's a lot of thugs out there, but he mm-hmm. was like, he was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as Kong. Kong? And yeah, Angus, Angus Khan. Khan. Genghis Khan, excuse me. Angus. Angus, I don't think that's, that's food. Um, but he was also Big Trouble Little China and a lot of roles where they also needed lethal a weapon. Uh, lethal. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he was, oh, yes, he was the, the electrocutioner yeah. in Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another Christmas movie, by the way. Yes. That is, fight me for those listening, watching. That is a Christmas movie as well. Which we'll talk about why this is a Christmas movie here. Oh, I have, I have it all there. You also have. Wilhelm von Hunberg. He was James. He was one of the goons. Yes. But he was also in Gus Busters 2. Gust? What did I say? You said Gus Busters. 
He was oh, damn it. <laughs> he was also in Ghostbusters too. Okay. He was Vigo. He was the main villain. Vigo. 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 It's like you. It's like oh great Vigo. Please have mercy oh, yes. on them. Yes, that guy. So Vigo. <laughs> I'm looking at it. it says Vigo, but Vigo. I don't know. I was an E on this, but okay. But he was in, a, which I find it funny. He did a lot of roles prior. But he had a small role here, but it's still an important role. He's, his look is very iconic. And then you also have Robert Davey. He was awesome. He was Big Johnson, the FBI agent from Goonies. Yeah. And then you have Grand L. Bush, Little Johnson, the other FBI agent, the black version. Yes. Oh, and I want to also acknowledge the original music. Michael Kamen did the original score for Die Hard. He also did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Don Juan DeMarco, X-Men, Three Musketeers. Band of Brothers, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, Frequency, Iron Giant, Lethal Weapon 4. So you know he did four. He did three, two, and one. Mr. Holland's Opus, Assassins, Strange Days, Judge Dredd with Stallone, Tales from the Crypt. Oh, snap. Okay. All right. X-Men, the animated series. Okay. All right. The Last Boy Scout, of course, which is pretty much Lethal Weapon and... Die Hard combined together. And Roadhouse, of course, yes. Roadhouse. Bang. Since you saw this time in full length, <laughs> what did you think? I liked it. Went in thinking, oh, it, it's going to be decent. It's going to be an uh, okay time. And I was way more impressed uh, than I thought I would be. Does it hold up? I think it does. Yes. I really do. Even though with the graininess, even though with the hairstyle, of 1988, of the teased hair and all that stuff, mm -hmm. it still holds up, in my opinion. Now, does that mean this is a perfect film? No. Are there full pause? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But what makes this so great that this is your everyday man. Even though he's a New York cop in LA, he may be military trained. The tattoo on his arm may be oh, a that military was a scar. reference. No, on his shoulder right here is a scar. Yeah, yeah. And again, that could be military reference. But he also has, a, on the other arm, is a tattoo. Oh, I overlooked that. So how can you overlook that? It was on the big screen. <laughs> I wasn't looking at his biceps, bro. Help. He's half naked <laughs> on the duration, like the three quarters of the movie. I always make eye contact. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But... Yes, you have this guy who is your everyday man against what would be unbeatable odds. Yeah. You know, the writing is great. The characters here, every character here is great. There was, I, don't, I didn't see any weak character here, in my opinion. And there was a lot of small roles. The, report, uh, the anchors. Uh, the nanny. The children. The nanny. Mm -hmm. the, the receptionist. The staff crew, you know, they were all small roles, but they had their part and they fit well into it. There's a great balance of action and comedy and suspense. Yeah. There are some thriller moments, you know, there's like tense moments there, like, oh boy, even, you know, watch it so many times, you can see it with the music happening with here, um, with the, the escape. What was your favorite moment? FBI took over and they were going to invade into the building uh, with mm -hmm. their SWAT team, which, A, number one, I was like, that's a very short, a small group of people for for SWAT members to break down a door and get through. But when the whole dialogue between Hans, them, and the uh, FBI is telling him, like, pull your men back, pull your men back. And, and they're going through and then the shootout with it, I just thought it was good. 
I like the moment where I keep wanting to call him Carl from Wins uh from Family. Call him that. Carl. Call him that. It's okay. It's when okay. Carl shows up, <laughs> he's like, ah, th- this is a bus. This is nothing. And there's the whole action sequence in the top. And then he just throws the body out the window to get the attention off the officer. And then everybody starts shooting at him. Also a good moment. I like, like you said, sometimes it's not just the moments. It's like how the characters are portrayed. McLean, John McLean's character is just really iconic. How he's communicating, how he's interacting with Hans Gruber through uh, the radio frequencies. Um, mm-hmm. I, like I have your machine gun. I like, Oh, was I? Uh, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. He, and he leaves that message on the body. And Hans just goes, it's like, uh, someone goes like, are we going to tell uh, such and such? And he goes, yeah, it, it's like, uh, of course. Someone has to tell him that his brother is now dead. And I'm like, oh, well, that's his brother. And I'm like, How okay. about that? Again, I, I forgot a lot of things about the film. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But the, you know what? That helps in this area because that means I'm getting fresh, like, experience with it i'll give you that i'll give you that i love the performances that were being done it's hard for me to pinpoint one scene over the other because everybody was bringing like very iconic performances that are just unique Mm -hmm. to themselves and i just thought it was a good time uh, and i really liked it oh i forgot to mention one other actor that was in it huey lewis the front desk guy that covered. Oh, who? That's not Huey Lewis. Kidding. That's De- <laughs> Dennis Hayden. No, Dennis Hayden looked almost like identical to Huey Lewis. And Huey Lewis in the news was big back in the 80s. That's fair, yeah. This guy came out and it was like, they always got confused. It was like, wow, Huey Lewis is an actor now. But Dennis Hayden is. He was the security guy. Yes, but the fake. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a henchman security guy who who was the second to last to be killed. Speaking of which, like Theo, technically wasn't killed. He was knocked out. But like, no, he was, was the was IT guy. By Argyle. Yeah, by Argyle. Yeah. He's technically, he never died. He just got knocked right. out. But mm-hmm. I thought his character was kind of interesting. Like, I, Oh, he was cool. Yeah, The way he, he, he brought in like sport references to it. And, and I, the quarterback is <laughs> toast. He's just having fun with it. And the, yes. uh, when he's having... Uh, the discussion with Hans is with uh, Takagagi and uh, have a bet. Yeah. He goes, I knew it. He's not going to do it. But then, but no, then you see Hans just turn around, looks at them. I was like, guys, seriously. And then that's Wait, when he pulls out it, the gun. Well, no, but no, no, no. Did he pull out the gun then? I think mm-hmm. the gun's right there, but no, it, was it was like, it was right after he gave him the first offer and he turns him down. Then he pulls out the gun. But no, the, but the, the way he looked at them, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was way. It was almost like a, a parent looking at his kids. Oh yeah, no. The dynamic between all the characters and Hans actually really gets overshadowed, honestly, because he's yes, they're organizing it like they're terrorists, but they're really thieves, and they they have a very right. close bond with each other. And you can tell that right. by the way they portray and, uh, and act with each other. So I was like, but also you can see that where even though it is possible that they're all going to die, they try not to let that happen. Yes, they're like mm-hmm. he's still up there. I don't care. Blow the roof. But he's like, oh no, and, you know. It's like, and then you have Ballet Boy with a temper that everyone's like, oh my god, he's the wild one. It's like Jesus Christ, because when he finds out or when he's taking charge of the certain mission at the moment, the other people are like. 
if you notice that they look at each other like, oh shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, case in point, um, at the beginning when they first infiltrate the building, the brother is trying to tap into the phone lines, reroute yeah. everything, and he just mm -hmm. comes in with like like the jaws of life belt cutter and just mm -hmm. cuts the uh, cuts the wires before anything is said and done. And uh, and you see them yelling, right, no patience, no patience at all, and yeah. he's just like skipping away. That just sets the tone of that character and how mm -hmm. he is. He's a, he's got an intelligence to him, but because like when they were first tracking down uh, John McClane and they're on the rooftop and sh and he's basically letting everybody shoot at John and he's on the helipad waiting for him to get to a certain angle. Granted, he missed, but you know he's pushing. John McClane to a certain direction, right, and then right, right. forcing him to go in another area, which... just like you would like in a trap. If you're trying to trap an animal, something mm -hmm. like that, you would do the same thing. Yeah, same idea. Uh, so there is intelligence to his character. It's just very um, I I emotional and uh, less right rational right. Correct. in that area. Correct. I mean, there are so many good moments here, and so many good dialogue. Oh, action. The, the moment where uh, he's telling the FBI agents, like, I want you to release these people. And he's like, and, um, and release the red dragons. And Carl's there and he looks at him. Like, he just mouths the red dragons. He's, and he goes, mm -hmm. I read it in like News Weekly article or like Time magazine. <laughs> just like, I just thought it sounded nice. And he puts it back on. I was like, that's great. I, right. I I love that interaction. What makes this so good is that it, that it's very relatable in the sense like how two people who are friends or coworkers, what have you, will talk to each other. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is very natural. I mean, there's some great moments like when John drops the body on the police car and Al freaks out and he's like, holy shit, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, he's calling out for, he's calling for assistance. He's calling for backup, blah, blah, blah. And that seemed very real. And I think that was, I don't think he expected it, but he stayed in character. Um, I can't remember for sure. Mm. Or that seemed, that was very good acting. It but, wouldn't surprise me because I know they did that with um, uh, Al, Rickman. Alan Rickman. They like, yeah, they with the surprised fall. him like that. Mm -hmm. You're right. Because he was fearful, even though the crash pad was like six feet from him. Or under him. He had an issue with heights. He had an issue with heights. And he says, we'll, we'll let you go on three. So it was like one. Click. So it's like he just dropped. It's like, oh, fuck. He's, you know, so that reaction that he has is, yeah, it's very natural. Yeah. This movie I can watch all the time. It doesn't have to be Christmas, even though I do watch it during now with my rotations of holiday films, of The Grinch, of Home Alone. Iron Man uh, Three, Lethal Weapon, Iron Man Three, now yes. Violent Night, Violent Night. I, I just watched it the other day. <laughs> yes. Oh, another another fun thing I love about this is that when John McClane gets into a fight, he's mm -hmm. talking shit to them. He's talking shit. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna cook you, and I'm gonna eat you. You yeah. heard how your brother squealed, and it was like I was oh, like, I remember that? That's yes. very New York. That's very New York. That's not just New York. That's almost every lot. A lot of people do that. They talk shit. Boxers, UFC fighters, they're mm -hmm. fighting their opponents and they're talking smack to them as they're beating them. So it's not that uncommon to have one person who's beating you talk shit to you. True, true. I always love that. But again, foo pause. Some of the fight scenes. Well, the, well not before that. Before that. Okay. Carl, when he. At the end, he still has his 
gun coming out while there's a police around him and the um, blanket. Yeah. There's like a you see a real guy, a blank a cop with him taking him out, and then he pushes the cop away and the blanket, and he's about to shoot. The, it's like, wait a minute, how did he still have the gun on him? Uh, right, if cops for, came to him so, and put a blanket on him, they didn't see that big ass piece. I was wondering how did he survive because he was hanging by the neck, and then right. the helipad exploded, and he was hanging by the neck for minutes because it wasn't no like I was up there for ten, you know, maybe five ten seconds. He was up there for minutes because remember, like uh, John McClane hung him, threw him against the wall. He just hangs right. there, goes up there, tries to get all the people. The helicopter shoots at him. He uh, the he sends all the people down. They're all running down. Well, He's how about hitting. this? He gets shot five times. One in the head. He doesn't get taken down. He gets shot one more time in the shoulder. That's what takes him down. I don't get it, but that's what it does. <laughs> so that can tell you that his vengeance was more powerful than anything else. Because he got shot in the freaking head. And he was still coming. That's what she said. Mm -hmm. And then Al shoots him in the shoulder, takes him down. I was like, wait a minute, that's wrong order i think that would be the wrong order but it took him down but five shots but yes i i agree with you that with all that the 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 beat down the hanging the explosion should have taken him out but at the same token how are we gonna have because the blankets the cops put on the people because of shock to help them not to be in shock. Yeah. The blanket is like a cover. It wasn't uh, like a handgun, too. It was. It was. No, it was his. It was his regular gun that he had. His. Yeah. His specialty. It was his rifle. Yeah. I was like, come on, guys. You guys are terrible cops. Uh, another food pot for me was his tank top. You were looking at him so hard. I was like, what? What was wrong with his tank top, bro? Okay. So here. Okay. It, it, it is okay. So <laughs> when he goes down, shut up. When he goes down right into that vent, he's, he has a white T-shirt, right? Yeah. He comes out. The T-shirt, the the wife beater is black, or or dirty, gray, or yeah. green is yeah. dirty, but not really the pants so much, and not really him. Gotcha. Okay. And even though it is a great touch to show that he went through a dirty vent, he would have been a lot more dirtier. He would have like like sweat stains of of dirt coming down on his arm, and their shirt would not be totally dark. There'll be some white spots too, because to say that it all got it got dark in there, like he'd been rubbing like all around the vents is like that. Fair enough. I mean, okay. I get it. It shows a difference of from when he first came in and then got out. I get that, but in the sense of detail, exact detail of it, it would not be totally dirty and there'll be some white showing and his he would have been dirty. There have been times where I've been riding with Kim on the yeah. motorcycle. We'll be riding for hours. Now, granted, I'll be sitting lower and have the windshield to protect me, but she wouldn't. We'll come home. I turn around. She takes off the goggles. All this is dirty from the from the street grind, from the exhausts, mm -hmm. from the cars and all this stuff. I'll laugh my ass off, but this will be dirty. Yeah. So, but that's pretty much it. And that says other food paws. I, th I thought, and I could be wrong about this. They only came in one truck. There, there was a car up front which they used to uh, go in through the front door. And then there was yeah, the, the one van, truck, the, the van that was in the truck in the truck, but they had 12 guys that came out the van, uh, out the truck when they opened the truck and the 12 guys came out the back of the truck. Yeah. They show that, right. They show the guys come out. Yeah. And then the magically the van is there. 
And right, it, it, I totally wasn't like 18, about that. it wasn't like an 18 wheeler. Nothing. No, like, I totally forgot about that. Oh my God. And the, and the thing is they drove in to that place with a van and like, Oh, the Porsche behind it. Yeah. yeah. There's like two vehicles like that went to that area. Mm-hmm. You're totally, I totally forgot about that. They did open it up and they're just waiting there. Ariel? And they walked out. Oh, wow. Yes. I remember not only them, they also had their equipments. They had the rocket launchers. They had the drills and all the, all the stuff. I'm like, that was all fully loaded truck, which made mm-hmm. sense to me up until the van. You're right. You're right. But I'm, gonna, I'm just jumping in real quick. Yeah, yeah. The, the two security guards on the ground floor. The one that's like trying to smoke in the background. Well, he was just walking around. Was He, he was probably smoking, but he yeah, was yeah, walking yeah. around by the elevators and there was one at the front desk. So they're talking loud, the, 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 the robbers. They're talking all loud, right? Mm-hmm. Easy, you know, and that sound to hear everything, if you're, especially if it's just two guys securities guards in the ground floor you yeah. hear someone shooting or someone talking and the then sound you hear echoes the sound echoes and then you hear a a push you hear the, the wheel turn the guys is like nothing mm-hmm. then he gets taken out so al the cops come by to, to check it on so what happened to there's no blood stains after being shot no blood stains on the wall on the floor yeah it they didn't, is that they like- didn't take it the they only take blood care of the you bodies. saw was like from like Takagagi and getting his head shot off and the, and the guy on the t- on the table. Yeah, you don't see them taking care of the bodies or wiping this the area because they were prepared for anything that could be possible. Cops coming by, security yeah. coming by to check on them. They just uh, dressed up for any like disturbance. They-, they just dressed up and just left it on. The smoke of the of the smoke grenade that has some smell to it. A flash grenade mm-hmm. that has to have some smell. I imagine. And also the, well, maybe not, the, the silencers, so they'll probably smother the silencers, sound. Of the it, I mean, I, I don't handle firearms, but to my knowledge, they don't really suppress the sound. They suppress the recoil. They're just considered silencers because it's also uh, less flash. I could be wrong. No, there is some silence. It does, it's not as loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still There's, fairly loud. Right. It's not like in the movies where like, oh, I can have a silencer and like, you could be in the same room and you won't know. No. There's another fupa that just. What about you? You know another one? I'm proud of the van one. That was a good catch on me. No, that was a really good one. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. You're right. It was yeah. like David Copperfield came in and helped out with the, the robbery. <laughs> You're right. Um, oh, how did he tape himself with the gun? That always gets me. So here's the thing that everybody, I have heard this discussion about that whole tape. It's not logical or physically possible. He's uh, He did it left handed. So that he can reach well, I know that part. hand. But right. He, a, how do you tape yourself? Because it's very That's what I'm saying. and he taped over the trigger. Yes. So that that's the other part. It, it, right. So like it, even if he could, and he does reaching, it doesn't look like he reaches that far, because it was pretty deep into his back. Uh-huh. Uh, like even if he could go all the way that far back, uh-huh. get that. The very first thing he's going to hit is tape over the trigger because he right. it was over I, the trigger guard, not just the trigger. I do hate the way he held his gun. The the oh that the the whole time he's walking around with his gun instead of like this in pre- in preparation to anything to come around. Yeah, but you I know, feel like as you like as the, you would do the action crew directing him how to do that. Possibly, but still, it's like but then he then a technical advisor should have been there. A person uh, with either a police force or a person who is well versed in gun safety mm-hmm. or gun usage. That this is how you know if you're looking for. That, I mean, you can you can hold it down. You can point it to the floor. You don't have to be here. 
But the way he's going like this is show. I mean, this takes time to say if you have to shoot someone, to say here, already there. Or if you have it pointed to the floor, it's easy to go right here. Yeah, I can see you that. Know? But, but doing this the whole time, I mean, my shoulder would be tired mm. after a while. I mean, I would, and I'd work out. Also, oh, infamous in the 80s and before that you can easily identify the stunt person. Oh, absolutely. His hairline and the stuntman's hairline, totally different. Good job as best as they could, but I was like, they should have cut the stunt guys or had the stunt guy wear a wig to match closer to Bruce Willis. You know what? I don't disagree with that. Um, but that you know, that's also part of the fun, I guess. Well, now it is. Now? It's like, now well, it back is. then, no. But I remember watching films with E, and uh, he'd be like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And he'll pause it, rewind it. He's like, that's clearly not that same guy. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, there's there's a movie, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, for example. Mm -hmm. There's a, in a scene there at a fancy restaurant that Eddie Murphy's Alex Foley comes in to interrogate the main villain. And his bodyguard comes up to him and says, hey, cuz, why don't you leave? He said, man, get out of my face. Mm -hmm. And the, he tries to push Alex Foley away. And Alex tosses him over a table. And, you, and the camera is right there to see that the stuntman for Eddie Murphy, even though he's black, and even though he has a mustache, the guy has an afro. Oh, I'm going to get you, sucker. Well, yeah. Well, that was an Asian white or a white guy doing a, a woman's job. But but no, but you had this an is afro. The same concept. <laughs> but, but no, but the, the, they got a little closer in the sense of a black person covering a black person where an I'm going to get you, sucker, was a white male or Asian. No, it's it, kind of hard to really tell, but I think it was, it was not a black woman. With a wig and a dress. Sure, but also with a mustache. Yes. No, I mean, it was just minor, but that's what I saw. And I was like, Jesus. And there was like some scenes, like there were some scenes where it definitely called for a stunt double, whereas other scenes, it didn't call for it and they had a stunt double. True. Like when the fight, like the fighting, stunt double. Why? But there's a, there's a scene where the elevator shaft explodes. It's yeah. Bruce. Mm -hmm. It's him instead of the stunt double. I don't get that. Even with the first fight scene with him and Ho 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 guy. Yeah, yeah. Both of them are stunt doubles. Well, going down the stairs is oh, like- Oh, I definitely, am. yeah. But but what I'm saying about, well, they're fighting and they're throwing against each other against uh, sheetrock. Yeah, yeah. Is still t two dunt, uh, stunt doubles for each character, or a stunt double for each character until uh, the close-up is there. Then they show the guys, but you see the wigs. Still entertaining, nonetheless. You know, you can accept it. Oh, why is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> okay. It was like, take your pick. The music. The time. The music. You cannot help it. When they're playing, the majority of the music is Christmas. <laughs> not, and theme song. not just because it's a Christmas party. It's literally in the background music of the, uh, of the movie. How uh, it ends. And how it, it ends. ends with Christmas. It cr ends with Christmas music. Starts, ends middles right right throughout the entire thing so that's one aspect you got the time setting but yeah uh, that's a given um yeah. the christmas theme is throughout the entire thing just like home alone <laughs> it's all throughout the entire piece right um, but and he here's my referencing thing. here's my thing mccain is santa claus john mclean what did i say mccain i'm gonna pick here's, out every time <laughs> no 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 do it do it because uh, john mclean 
is Santa Claus. Now, after watching Violent Night? He, no, he's Santa Claus. This is the reason why. Okay. There's a point where he doesn't know who is naughty, who is nice. Okay. Hans. He doesn't know who, who Hans is. Like, he meets Hans, right? Mm. And then he asks him, like, what's your, hey, I'm John McClane. Who are you? Clay. Bill Clay. He sees the list. Yeah. He's looking at the list. He's checking it twice. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Okay. okay. All right. Even though Hans is not Saint Nick, he has elves as his helpers. They're bad elves, but they're elves nonetheless. Oh, he could be Krampus. He could be Krampus. He can make it like that. Yes. And that's a, a Christmas theme. McLean mm -hmm. has his elves, but they're not, can't really help except for one. He's yeah. like Rudolph. Al is Rudolph. Okay. Even though he can't see what's happening up, he's telling him where, what's happening in the sense of what the FBI, what the city police are doing, and what does Rudolph do with his nose so bright? Guide his Shines, sleigh yeah. tonight. Yeah, that's right. So, so the elevator shaft is the chimney. The helicopter yes, is the roof. See, exactly. The, the, the elevator shaft, all that stuff is the chimney he has to go down. That's why he's dirty because of the soot. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Claus is waiting for him when he's done. He always has a present for all the bad guys right there. They don't, they don't like it, but they're cold. Shapes of cold or death. That's right. And some will argue what he pulled off was a miracle. So that's a Christmas miracle right there. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's say this. He, the C4 with, a, with an unpowered computer. I don't know how C4 works. So <laughs> You need a charge. I yeah, think you but, need a charge. But he has those little chargers. He had it at one point. He had a bag full of chargers. Right. But the one where he, he puts the C4 and the computer and he wraps it up is unplugged. It's not powered. Yeah. And then he drops it into the elevator shaft. How it goes off unpowered. You need a charge. So yeah, that's my thing. That that. Worked. Yeah. If you look it up on Google, it may have some reasoning for it. But it always got to me of how. Now, Fair. also a little foupaw in a sense, the practical effects could be better. It was practical effects because they would use model like for like the building no, and explosions no, and no, stuff like that. No, no, that that's that's imposed. Yeah. Meaning that there was the building and they they added the flames. It wasn't a, it wasn't a model. Oh, uh, okay. A lot of it was computer generated, but like say the fall, right? With his yeah, fall, yeah. there's a is a blue green screen behind him and when you see Bruce Willis look down and like that, you can see that there's a, some kind of something off about it. Since they're re-releasing it, for the holidays, they should put some money into it just to make those effects. You mean like give it that George Lucas touch? You know, no, 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 not George <laughs> Lucas touch. No, 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 no. More like the James Gunn touch. You know, in the sense of like, just clean it up. Just just make, it's, it's, and it's not hard to do today. It's they, not hard to do. people do it online all the time. Yes. For example, there's one guy who re-edited, um, not re-edited, but maybe re-edited, uh, Batman movies. The, the Tim Burton ones and the Ghostbuster ones. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the guys or the site it is, but the Joker in Tim Burton's, when the Joker is revealed, he has a purple mark on his neck because the coat is purple and it rubbed on his neck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is taken out because it's clearly makeup that got rubbed off. Yeah. And, or it took it from the coat and the, the guy just made it all white. So it looks like it's actually his skin, not makeup. Mm. So, you know, he did stuff like that. But yeah, it can be done today.
easily. I can't do it, but other people can. Worth the watch? Absolutely. Multiple times? I'm going to have to say yes. Yes. Every every Christmas for me, buddy boy. Every Christmas for me. Rotten Tomatoes is 94% across the board. Still to this day. That's 30 plus years. And you were born in 84 or 85? 84. So this is four years younger than you. Yes, it is. So it's 35 years. 35 mm-hmm. year anniversary at the time of this recording it is well deserved of the 94% score. It's entertaining. I, every time I watch it, I, I learn something new or I see something new that I didn't see 20 times, 40 times before. It is a Christmas movie, damn it. Yeah, it's a deserving score. All right, guys, that is our, what would you call it? Action? Uh, thriller? Throwback? Throwback? Holiday? Holiday throwback? All right, guys, it is our throwback holiday review of Die Hard, which is also a Christmas movie. It's also an action movie. And it's also a thriller. And it's also a love story. Comedy. Action comedy. What was your favorite moment? Let us know in the comments below as well. Let us know if you'd like us to review a movie or show. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas. Thank you.